Here with Deborah Ogden today, personal branding specialist. Do you want to introduce yourself, Deborah? Yes, of course. So, thank you very much for inviting me on today. I'm used to being a podcast host, so it's quite unusual <laughs> being the guest on um, a podcast. But I work with people on their personal brand, on their impact. So, it tends to be people who are stepping up whatever part of the journey they are on. So, you know, this is relevant for everybody if you're a graduate or about to graduate at the beginning of your career or I work with senior leaders who maybe are stepping up onto the board or stepping up within their career. So personal branding is relevant to everybody. And I believe, and certainly the feedback I'm getting is having had the last 12 months that we have had with working from home and lockdown, visibility is absolutely key. And that's what personal branding is all about. How did you get into personal branding? So it's my 10 year birthday, business birthday this year. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. And um, I honestly believe that I have always talked about personal branding, but just not labeled it that. So I set off life as a lawyer. I trained as a lawyer and decided quite early on that I, I discovered a love I went I went from I did a law degree and did my law society finals and started working at a law practice and then started working for a management consultants and whilst I was there I discovered a love of marketing and communications and really I never looked back and then I had my dream job was at Old Trafford Cricket Ground um, as their, well, I started off in sales and marketing and then had a role as their media manager. And part, even if you're not a cricket fan, you'll have heard of Freddie Flintoff and, and people like that. So I work with Andrew and a lot of the cricketers. And at that point, my role was to get them ready for putting themselves in the media, but also matching them up with suitable sponsors. So it was all about them showing up in their best you know, best version so that they would attract the lucrative sponsorship deal. So that was another part of what I do now in some ways. And all through my career, I always say, you know, I was never the I was never the cleverest at school. I was never the one that was picked first in PE. I think I was often the one that was picked last in <laughs> PE, but that's another story. I was never the funniest. I was never the prettiest. You know, I've, I've always been pretty much, you know, middle of the road. And I realised early on, and, and maybe this has come from my parents, I don't know, that, you know, if you just put that little bit more effort in and if you just go the extra mile, then it makes all the difference. And so fast forward to 13 years ago and I had my son and I had real challenges around my identity then. Um, I think a lot of people, whether it's when you leave home as a graduate, when you start your first job, when you become a mum, when you become a parent, whether you're made redundant, we have these milestones in lives when sometimes we can 
question our identity. And I did very much when I had Oscar. And at that point, I thought, you know, if I'm feeling like this, there will be other people out there. And so I sort of brought everything together. And I think people thought I would set up a, a comms agency. And I just had this bee in my bonnet about supporting people. And we didn't call it personal brand in those days, but I decided to retrain and trained as a coach and, and other areas and put it all together. And, and the business has evolved over 10 years. So as, as my confidence in certain areas, my experience, uh, my reputation has grown and the business has morphed. But what's really interesting is that a lot of my, a lot of my clients are in the legal profession which is where I started at. And I don't think that's any coincidence. It was not something that I set out for, but um, I think naturally because I have an understanding of that profession, I'm able to help um, and support people in that area. But um, yeah, it, it sort of evolved, but I always knew what the plan was. I think it's really nice for marketing and comms students to have someone like you who started out going into quite an academic field because I think often if you've done a marketing or media degree people don't often see that as a very like oh you do media like there's nothing to that but having someone who's done something quite academic and has then moved into that and it's like well no that's actually a valuable field and it's a very enjoyable career and there's actually something to explore there it's not a case of if you don't do law or a very academic degree that you're not going to get somewhere and be very successful? I think that is such an important message, Kate. Um, so I'm at the point now, my, I said to you, my son's 13 and we're doing options at the moment, GCSE yeah. options. And we are at this point having conversations around this as in, you know, when I was set out, I went to an all girls school and the expectation was that you did a good degree and you went out there and you did law or you did, you know, whatever it was. And actually that's not right for everybody. And let's face it, a degree is tough and any studying is tough. And therefore I'm a firm believer and work is tough as well. So I'm a firm believer in doing something that you love and it's about being authentic and really interesting. I've just come off a call this morning with a client and we were talking about this word should, you know, we yeah. should be doing this and we should be doing that. And what about, well, this is what I choose. These are my goals and aspirations in life. And this is what I choose to do to help me on that path. And when I'm working with clients, I always say, have clarity on those goals and then work backwards and know exactly where you want to be because actually things have changed so much. And this is what we're saying to Oscar, our son, you know, it's a very commercial world out there. And, you know, he's, he's great at languages, but what can you do with, you know, you're very limited what you can do with two languages. You've got to have something to go with it. <laughs> so um, yes, you might do media, and French or you might do media and Spanish or you might do sport and 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 it's about just thinking I do think it's about dreaming a little bit dream big and think about what do I really want and I might have to make some little stepping stones on the way but this is my ultimate dream and uh, yeah um, I wish I'd been 
I wish I'd somebody had given me that advice all those years ago. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say is like the top features of a great personal brand? Wow, how long have we got? <laughs> <laughs> Good. So, um, well, it's got to be, you can't be everything to everybody. So it can be quite divisive. One of the most powerful personal brands in the world right now is the US former president. And, you know, look how divisive he is. But those people who follow him, you know, look at some of the things he has been accused of and uh, they still follow him. So if you have a brand that people so it's, it's, it's really important to have a brand that people can identify what they are buying into. So so first of all. I love the quote from Jeff Bezos of Amazon. He says, your personal brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. So what do people say about you? And it's about, you know, in any marketing, you, you'll know this, that it's, it's all about the experience. So what's it like to be in Fran's world, in Ella's world, in Kate's world? What's the experience? So I need to be able to identify what that is so that I can buy into it. So it's having that true clarity of what you stand for and not being frightened of communicating that and having those boundaries. I think so often we try and be people pleasers and try and be everything to everybody. I do think you have to be able to flex your brand, certainly in a work environment, but you have to be very clear on what your values are because sometimes it's better to say no and walk away. Mm -hmm. So for me, don't be vanilla, you know, stand for something. And the other key thing is absolutely be authentic, be yourself. We all spot a fake and, you know, we all scroll through Instagram and look at these fabulous feeds and these beautiful men and women and lifestyles. And how often are you switched off from that? because it can actually you're not engaging with it but if you see something that you can relate to and engage with then people will buy into you and that's how you get people that will be your they will be your supporters for life um you know non i i don't market myself as much most of my work comes from recommendation and referral because i talk to the it's knowing your audience and, and sharing the right content with them in terms of your podcasts and blogs, because I was I looking on your website, is that something that you enjoy doing or is it part of your personal branding? Ooh, um, well, what I really love doing is, well, start again, I absolutely adore the podcast. The podcast is the best thing I have ever done. I love it. And... I love it because I love having conversations with people and what it allows me to do is share people's stories and actually your personal brand is your story and what it allows me to do is in, in, in the words of the podcast, it allows me to bring personal branding to life. So it's it's there in all its stories, in its reality, because personal brand can sound a bit processed. People can have a, a preconception about what it is, but it's actually people's life experiences. So I 
adore the podcast for that what it also does a part of my personal brand is very much about um is the public speaking side and that reputation side and of course for the last 12 months I've not been allowed to do that so I've been uh presenting online a lot and I miss that energy that sharing stories in that way as well so in some ways the podcast from a personal fulfillment point of view as well has been very important um the written word i find the written word more challenging because that's just not my natural uh channel if you like but i know the importance of of meeting everybody in different ways we all learn we all consume our medium content in different ways so uh, yeah I'd much rather have a chat or have a conversation or stand on a stage but I recognize the importance of sharing content like that uh, I do all my own content I, I'm quite uh, because it's very much in my voice and I have a clear brand because that's what I'm selling I write all my content myself but um yeah, the other thing is, it's a. am very passionate about the power of personal branding and the difference it can make. So I often say to clients that are reluctant to share content and think, you know, that moment when you think, oh, what, what are people going to think about me if I share this? Mm -hmm. And we're all a bit nervous about being visible, aren't we? But if you just impact on one person, so if you share a post, and we've all been through Instagram on a morning, haven't we, and perhaps having a bad day over the last 12 months, and you've seen a post, maybe, is it Charlie Mackey that does the beautiful, the boy, the horse, and the mole, I think it is, the beautiful diagrams. And some mornings I've seen one of those, and that they've really resonated with me, and I just think, wow, that's changed my mindset. And I say to clients, you know, just, just put your piece of content and that might just change the day of one person. So for me, even though I find writing more challenging, for me, every piece of content is an opportunity to support somebody, guide somebody, you know, share the, the power of impact and personal branding. Do you think with personal branding, you can alter it to say we all want to go into different um degree fields um say i really am like want to go into um production creative production yes. so i think i am quite a creative person i'm quite an out there social person but say if i was quite reserved or would i just have to almost fake that i was confident and kind of very out there or do you think that's just completely not helpful you just have to own your personal brand in a way like what, what I'm, I'm not know. very well is it kind of staying true to yourself or is there a little aspect of creating your personal brand so there's an added bit in there yeah so wasn't very worded very well <laughs> I'm with you I absolutely get where <laughs> you're going from Kate um so it's a really great question because we've got to be authentic and uh, I would say, I don't know if you've come across Carol Dweck, but Carol Dweck talks about a growth mindset. So it's about, none of us are perfect. We're all growing, we're all developing, we're all learning, aren't we? So none of us are the finished article. And I study personal branding day in, day out, and have done for over 10 years, and I've still got things to learn about it. So 
I think as long as you understand that, then you are always open to growth. So that is, is an important place as a starting point. But then um, from an authenticity point of view, it's about knowing what your values are. And I would never show up in any way than what aligns with my values. So that is absolutely key. But there is nothing to say that there are certain behaviors that you can't learn. So I would say to you, if um, you wanted to go into production and it was all about uh, meeting people and being able to influence and manage people, and you were somebody who was incredibly introverted and like to work on your own, for example, mm -hmm and that is a real core value, then I would be saying, are you sure you're going to be happy in that role? Really think about what that role is going to, is going to bring to you. And if it's going against your values, I would check yourself. But mm -hmm. actually, if it is about behaviours, then we can very easily change our behaviours. And I talk about, you can start to do things. So that's about changing your habits. So that's the fake it, not till you make it, but fake it till you become it. That's how I think of. Yeah. So you can change your behaviours and start to do things a little bit differently and you do it until you be it. So you might start off running and you think, right, this, this, you know, for March, my big challenge is I'm going to go out for a run. So I might do, you know, a mile uh, this week and then I might do three miles and, and whatever. And by September... I might start to think, I don't go out for a run anymore. I'm actually a runner. This has become something I am. So it's about moving from that doing it and faking it, if you like, but practicing it till it becomes part of who we are. And then, then we embrace that because I say we're all growing. I think a lot of graduates uh, or people who are about to graduate we get told that we need to have our own unique selling point because we all have a degree now we all have this we all have that what how I'm struggling to find my unique selling point how would you suggest a graduate like myself or nearly a graduate to find that unique selling point okay so what, what's your degree Fran and what are your aspirations um I do media communication and cultures at Beckett um and i'd really like to go into the marketing industry okay so what do you what's your strength um i have really good time management i'd say i'm i'm really on board with that and really good organizational skills i'd say okay so you need to own your strengths and we're not great at this as women we're not great at this particularly and it's not just a female thing but particularly as women we're not great at this but as Brits we're not great at this either <laughs> so I spend a lot of time working with clients saying come on let's let's get these uh, let's get these strengths written down and there's a, a great exercise that you know is something very simple write down 10 things you're good at then write down 20 things you're good at and try and get to 50. And the first 10, you'll probably be okay. Then you get to 50 and then 
write down a hundred things you're good at, a hundred strengths and really own those, but also ask people what you're good at, um, you know, get feedback. And, and this goes a little bit back to your uh, question, Kate, about that, you know, where are your, um, I'm trying to think what's the word I'm looking for. Where are your hidden, I can't think of the word I'm trying to say, but Talents, where are strengths. <laughs> Talents, strengths. No, the opposite actually. So where are the areas that you need to unlock? So I talk about the gold dust. So getting feedback on mm -hmm. the areas that you need to be able to say, I'm not great. You know, somebody might say, you know what, Fran, you are a brilliant timekeeper, but just sometimes, you know, you just have to go with the flow sometimes from a creative point of view. I don't know. I'm talking off the top of my head here. And you might not know that because you're so wrapped up in your world of, yeah, this is what I do. So that piece of advice, that piece of feedback can be absolute gold dust for you. Because once you have that, you think, oh, wow, if, if I, if I'm, great timekeeper but just sometimes I realize that that client needs an extra 10 minutes with me and the impact that will have then I'm going to come even a, an even better marketeer so um it's about knowing what those strengths are and really building on them but it's knowing about where you're not as as good as well and saying well am I going to am I going to do something about that or am I going to delegate that <laughs> you know it's making that decision but going back to the usp i think it's important to stand out it's important to have an authentic personal brand but the way i would do that is not being frightened of showing up as you and i can give you a really great example of that in that when i set out about well when i set out probably not quite at the start, but maybe about eight years ago, I was doing a lot of work, first started working with solicitors and with some quite big firms. And in those days, I was I was blonde, a lot blonder. I was blonde and it was seen very much as soft skills by some professions. And therefore, I felt that to be taken seriously, I needed to have some new photographs done. And I think you had Paul Dodd on here, didn't you? Did, um, yeah, last yeah. week. So Paul does all my branding. And Paul comes from a very similar um, viewpoint of me around business brand and personal brand, all about your values and what you're about. I digress. I had these photographs taken. I look like a head teacher on them. Nothing wrong with a head teacher, but that's not who I am. They were very serious. I'm the most smiley person going. And um, I put these pictures out there and Paul Dodd took one look at them and said, what are those? <laughs> get rid of those straight away. Those aren't you. Where's your smile? The one thing I think of when I think of you is your smile. Where's your warmth? Where's your connectivity? So that was a really, really powerful lesson for me. And you know what? If they don't like the authentic Deborah, then I'm not the right person for them. Move on. And uh, yeah. It's taken me a long time to get there. I wish I'd had that confidence when I was a graduate. But if I was talking to a young Deborah now, I'd be saying, own who you are, because it's actually all those idiosyncrasies. It's all those little quirks that you people love and buy into. Mm -hmm. So 
don't go out looking for a USP. I would say it finds itself. There was one thing you said in, you did a session for SHU a few weeks back and you said there's no traffic on the extra mile. And I just wondered, obviously you've, you've kind of touched on it, but how much that helped you get to where you are and in terms of personal branding, how important that is? Yeah, so there are different levels. So I believe we start off right at the, you see, I can look over at my notice board over there and I, I have a picture of this to remind me. So you start off at a young age and we are, uh, we don't have our, we're not, we're not influenced by environment and beliefs. So we start off as an authentic self. And as we grow older, we get all these layers on the onion and we, we get uh, influenced by other people, by our parents, our education, our experiences. And then we, we get to this point and we, we have our values that I've said are very, very difficult to change. But actually, so your values are core and that's who you show up as. But as we've said already, your behaviours you can change. So you can make choices. And um, there's a great, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase because I always get these little sayings wrong, but there's a, an ancient Greek um, philosopher, Heraclitus, that said, day by day, what you do is who you become. So by recognising who you want to be and thinking, okay, so you might even have a role model in the media. You might, I mean, I always look at somebody like Michelle Obama as somebody with a superb personal brand. She is, she has that strength and credibility, but she also communicates that empathy and warmth and what an amazing communicator. So you might look at somebody like that and think, okay, I, I love her presence. So how do I emulate that? And you can look at the behaviors that, that what is it that she does when she, when she stands and, and speaks or when she's interviewed and take some of those elements and make them your own. And for me, that phrase about uh, there are no traffic jams on the extra mile, I think I said to you all as well, you know, 10% of you will do take action today as a result of this. So, you know, when I think of the webinars, even the webinars I've sat through over the last 12 months, but when I think about the training I've had over the years and the things that I've taken action on and the things that I've sat there and listened and then filed it in a drawer, if you take the action, then it puts you in the top 10% already. And it's such a small percentage of the population that go that extra mile, that remember your name, that say thank you. You know, and it's little things like um, Paul sent, Paul Dodd, so I did a podcast also with Paul a couple of weeks ago, and it was quite an emotional experience. We were talking about his um brain hemorrhage a couple of years ago and so yesterday in the post came this beautiful box of macaron and mm. uh, just a little note saying you're great at saying thank you Deborah it's my turn to say thank you to you oh, so it's bless. just those little notes those little cards it's just you know recognizing when somebody perhaps just needs a bit of a arm around them uh, it's saying thank you it's saying congratulations 
it's just being emotionally intelligent, actually. I think it's just being a nice person, a good person, all this hashtag be kind. Let's just really do it rather than have a hashtag about it. So that's probably a really, really long answer to your question, Kate. But it's about those behaviours that we choose to take. And they're not huge things. It's the small things that make such a big impact. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like all my questions have been answered to be honest yeah I think what would you say is the highlight of your career since you've been working in personal branding for 10 years what's your highlight mm. oh gosh <laughs> you know nobody's ever asked me that um the, the, there's two sides to this so they Every time somebody comes to me and says, you made a difference, you know, you were a catalyst in X, Y, and Z. So I, you know, quite often somebody will come to me that heard me speak eight years ago and will say, Deborah, I always think of you. I mean, we were just talking about the Wonder Woman picture in the background. And a lot of my clients use the Amy Cuddy power posing. And, you know, they credit it to me. Well, I'm, I'm just the person sharing Amy Cuddy's work. But and they'll say that that made the difference. And through that, I got my dream job. So and the fact that I keep in touch with a lot of my clients and see them progress, that that means an awful lot to me. But from a highlights, you know, I absolutely love the public speaking and standing. I do know my highlight actually from that. It would be working with the grammar school at Leeds. And I was asked to go in there and talk to their staff on the first day of term. And there were nearly 500 of them. And teachers can be quite a challenging audience because, you know, they're used to standing up in front of people and doing all the training. And the response I got that day and the response I had afterwards and the impact it had on them and the thought of, I was, and, and this is another of Paul's actually, the butterfly effect. So me sharing that with them means that as teachers, they may be that bit more inspired and go out and inspire you know, not just a science science uh, lesson, but you might be teaching the person who discovers the uh, cure to cancer. You know, you may be inspiring the next Michelle Obama in there. You might be inspiring the next prime minister. So if I've just had the tiniest part in that, then that's, that's why I do what I do. Thank you.